So I'm pretty sure I remember how to do this, but just on the off chance I don't. <laughs> I don't even know. Do I do like a cold open? Do I just like mic check one, two as I sit in my bathroom, literally recording this? Uh, but hi, hello. How are you, strangers? My name is Finn. I use he, him pronouns, and you're listening to this composed mess. Do, 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 do. If only there was an intro. Um, it's been a bit of time. I'm not even going to lie to you. It's been like more than six months bit of time. And the truth of the matter is, is life went in a different direction. You know, life, life curved when I thought it was going to go up. Um, it took, it took a different route than the one I thought I was going to be in, but I am so happy to be here and it's insane to think about now that I thought I was going to move across the country and all my problems were going to be solved. I mean, my therapist also told me that all my problems weren't going to be solved, but I was in, I was in denial. I didn't want to admit like, oh yeah, you're right. Because who actually ever wants to admit that their therapist is correct? So alas, here I am now and I'm happy to be here. It's been a bit of time. If you are here and listening, hi, my name's Finn, and you're listening to This Composed Mess, the podcast that summarizes my life in a nutshell, the perfectionist that I am constantly wanting to be composed when my life is really just a messy S-H-I-T show, but this is a place where I get to be unfiltered. It's been a really long time coming to record this. I think I've tried to record the intro to this podcast. Um quite a bit, quite a bit. And we'll dive into why it's taken so long, but I am so happy to be here and be present with you. So if you want to have a one-sided FaceTime call, now's the time, okay? If you want to be doing homework while doing this, be my guest. If you want to just listen to me in the car ride, I don't know why you'd want to do that, but here I am. This is my time that we get a chit chat without you getting to chat back which is like a Leo's perfect, wonderful dream. But I'm happy you're here. I'm happy that you get to be present with me in this moment. And without further ado, let's get, let's get started, friends, okay? <laughs> I just want to fill you in that this podcast has been kind of a place in the past where I get to be myself, where I don't feel like I have to conform to what society expects or wants from me. So I'm going to just get this right off the bat. If you're looking for a podcast where you have perfect audio and you have like dialogue between multiple people and like interviews are happening and you get all this like scientific knowledge or like any form of knowledge, this is not the place for you. I can maybe create a list of places you should be listening. This is a podcast where I am sitting on my phone with my AirPod in recording, where the audio quality is terrible because I keep moving the mic, where I don't edit or filter myself because that's the whole point of the podcast, and it's a little, little messy. So I'm happy you're here. Oh my God, what is that noise? Apartment living, let me tell you. I think I heard my upstairs nailers toilet flush. It's fine. But if you are here, Thank you for being here. The support that I've gotten in the past seven months has been absolutely insane to think about. Longer than seven months, but specifically ever since I started my journey on testosterone, the amount of people that have shown up 
in my life has been exponentially greater than my entire life (laughs) compared to the seven months. And for that, there's a big thank you that has to be addressed. And if you're here and you're listening and you're giving me any form of time of day, I'm grateful for that. And I don't take that lightly. So we're going to get chatting and dive into where I've been and what's happening and where I'm at now. So Finn, you kind of fell off the face of the earth for, I don't know, last podcast episode. I don't even know. I should have pulled it up. I think it was June or July. So to give you an explanation of what happened, I was living at home and I had just came out and I realized that coming out and living at home, we're not going to be forces that we're going to be able to work together. Okay. They needed to separate in order to grow. And my relationship with people that I was with needed space. So I made the conscious decision that I was going to move, but I didn't know where and I didn't know what. And I applied as a joke back to the company I work for that I had worked for in the past and was like, I'm never going to go back there. There's no way. And I got the full time job and I said, okay, time to move across the country. And I made the move knowing that I didn't think it out very far in advance. I gave myself less than a month to move across the country and I said, I'm going to do it. And so I did it. I moved across the country and I got the full-time job and I was about a month on testosterone. And for the first time in my life, I got to introduce myself as Finn, just Finn, pronouns he, him, and that was it. There was no questioning past life. There was no, there was just, this is Finn. And I, in the first month of being here, got incredibly overwhelmed. I had moved across the country. I was experiencing my first heartbreak in a queer relationship. And I didn't know who I was. I had just came out. And I decided that I was going to push all forms of my past life out window and just embrace this new life. That bites me in the butt later in the story. But I, in that moment, was like, I need to be Finn. This is who I am. I'm going to embrace all forms of masculinity. I'm a trans guy, trans guy, trans guy, trans guy. I wear this. I do this. I'm a guy. And my mental health started to diminish more when I got here because I was getting misgendered a lot. I was trying to meet friends. I was experiencing heartbreak. And all these things all happened at once, and I didn't know what was next. And that created a lot of anxiety and stress because I was like, okay, well, I moved here to live a perfect life, to live an out life as a trans guy. And the world around me, specifically social media, thinks that. I'm happy and great. So I have to keep portraying this, but like I'm crumbling. I don't have a support system that I used to have. I'm now single for the first time as a being a trans guy. And I had to come to terms with a lot. I had to focus on myself. And so the podcast kind of hit the back burner because I was like, I can either focus on this full-time job and make TikToks or focus on the full-time job and make the podcast. I couldn't do both. And also the concept of sitting down and talking to nothing for over 20 minutes 
was terrifying. I didn't have the attention span because I was so anxious. I was so stressed and scared and overwhelmed because I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know what was next and I didn't know where life was going. And the constant uncertainty was deafening for me and my mental health to the point that I just kind of shut down. I got here and I kept working the full-time job and I just was confused as to why I had made the move to live a happier life and I wasn't getting that sense of fulfillment. So I had to take a step back. I had to reevaluate and be like, so what's next? How are we going to get to what I've wanted for so long? And that was taking a pause here. I decided that as I was embracing all the forms of masculinity and presenting and wanting so badly to only be viewed as a guy named Finn, which I still want, I was pushing away a big part of my past self and story that I wanted to embrace, but was too scared to navigate how to do that, how to honor the life I have lived while also pushing away the pain And in order to do that, I had to kind of navigate the pain that I was so hard on running away from. And so I did a lot of soul searching. I cried a lot as I was experiencing my first queer breakup while also being an out trans guy while living in a new state, let alone across the country. And A lot of it stemmed from how do I be alone? (laughs) How, How do I come to terms with the person I am after I thought I had everything? You know, I came out and I was like, that's it. I have the solution. The solution was that I was repressing being trans and now I'm trans and everything's going to be all right. Um, Not the, I don't think I'm lovable because I'm trans. Didn't want to dive into that. Didn't want to dive into, I want to still paint my nails and wear earrings, but I'm a guy. Did Couldn't do that. I was so scared of everything, which is why I took, you know, a big step away from the podcast because the concept of having to talk about anything, let alone something that I was battling and wanted this to be a safe space where I got to be open. I was like, I can't keep putting on a show. And the people that listen to this don't deserve a show. They deserve an authentic fin. So that's where we're at. That's what happened. And I guess we'll dive into a little bit about what has happened since that that moment. I honestly want to say that... A big reason why I stepped away was having to accept that coming out as trans does not solve all the problems that you're battling. And I thought when I first came out, I was very naive to, okay, now what? Now what? Now what? Now what? And I kept hitting these goals that I had placed in front of myself when I first came out. And then after I was hitting the goals, I was still dealing with the anxiety and the stress that I had before I hit those goals. And I was like, if I'm hitting these goals and transitioning, why am I still feeling these emotions? 
And I want to look back and tell baby Finn that as I grow up, I'm only going to get more tools to deal with the emotions that I'm feeling. I'm not going to be able to cure all of the emotions that I have, right? I, for so long, was told, it gets better, it gets better, it gets better, when I would tell people that I was depressed or anxious, or just give it time, or wait till you're older. And I imagine a lot of teenagers listening to this hear that a lot, or we are stuck in this narrative of self-comparison where we keep looking forward to the next thing, to the what if, to the, okay, if I hit this, like this person did at that age and I'm 17, but Finn came out at 24. So if I can come out by 24 and do this and this, then I'm doing well. Um, we are so keen on self-comparison and I was falling to that. And I still am. Don't get me wrong. It's really hard to look at some people that have been, you know, transitioning for four years and are only 20. And here I am as a 24 year old navigating seven months on T. But as I was falling victim to self-comparison, I had to accept that my problems weren't changing just because of a timeline or just because I was hitting my goals. Just because I was on T didn't mean that I was going to absolutely love everything about my body. Just because I was in tea doesn't mean that my voice was going to magically change, even though I thought it would, because other people had voice updates at four months and their voice changed. Um, There was a lot of negativity surrounding me with something I thought that was going to be super positive. There, you know, coming out has been the best decision that I've ever made. And there's been so much joy in being trans and identifying that and having a platform, but there's been a lot of pain in the emotions that I once felt before I transitioned still showing up. Being like, oh wait, these things don't go away just because I've hit a different wall of self-acceptance or a different chapter in my narrative. Those are still things that I'm going to battle and deal with on a daily basis and I just have to go about that. And I didn't know how. It was the summer into the fall and I was alone. I had a couple friends and I made this big move and I was focusing so hard on trying to fit in, trying to find myself in the world I was living in that I started to lose myself. And the biggest piece of advice I could give to people that are keen on hitting goals in their transition is they're important to have, but they're not the end all be all. And we're so set on self-comparison that I started to lose myself in that comparison towards others. Maybe none of this made sense whatsoever as I start to ramble, but literally that's what the podcast is, is me rambling and people slowly listening. But that's where my head was at as I started to lose myself more and more and came out and had to accept that my problems weren't magically going to go away. They were still there. And I think all I want to do in this episode is catch people up to things that have happened, um, silly, big, little, in general. And I think because my first queer breakup was public and because the relationship was public and I've talked about that person in past episodes, I think it should be slowly maybe just a little bit addressed because 
there's a whole song about me because of the breakup. Um, and you know, very queer in general that a song has been written about the breakup, but I didn't write it. They, besides the point, I want to kind of talk about handling that. So I met this person via TikTok and our relationship blossomed from there. And I traveled to, across the world to see them. And when I came back, we had a goal of we were going to see each other and quarantine just kept changing and borders into the U.S. weren't opening. And a lot of stress and anxiety was there because I didn't know how to take care of myself. And because I didn't know how to take care of myself, I decided that this person was going to take care of me. And a lot of blame is on me here. I was negative. I was stressed because I was experiencing a transition without having the person that I absolutely adored next to me. They were across the country, not even country, across the world. And I felt so isolated and alone. And I took that out on them when they couldn't control that they couldn't be there for me. And what I've learned from that entire situation and breakup is we are people that crave human interaction, but at the same time, we crave stability. And when you are in a long distance relationship, there's a level of communication that needs to be had. And when you also are so anxious because you are experiencing all these things that are happening within yourself and you don't even know how to vocalize them, it's very hard to communicate that to other people. And that was a big downfall is that I was experiencing all these changes and terrified of what my body was looking like. And I didn't have the person to be next to me to see these changes with me. And so when I was communicating changes that were happening, I wasn't communicating them properly. Uh, how terrified I was about when you meet someone and you develop a connection with them and then your entire body and mood and behaviors and voice change, it's really hard in your brain to accept that they're still going to love you and stay with you. And my downfall was thinking that I was unlovable because I met this person as someone completely different with a different name. And I think selfishly, I understand now that it was really hard to be in a relationship where someone knew me before I transitioned because I couldn't accept that they were capable of loving past me and knew me because it's the same person, but my brain could not comprehend that because I so badly wanted to oppress all of my past memories before Finn, before testosterone. And that was a big downfall. And I talk about this because I know I'm not alone here. I know there's a lot of people that are probably feeling things like this of either you're in a relationship with someone that's been with you through your transition. It's still hard for you to accept that they're there, even when they remind you constantly, or you're transitioning or thinking about transitioning. You don't think you're going to be lovable while you transition, or you don't think that the person that's with you now is capable of staying with you. If you transition, I promise you it's not worth your while then. And we can dive into that later, bestie, or you're experiencing a breakup because you transitioned all, all happen. I'm not the only one. 
And that can affect a lot. It can affect, and you know, that breakup can affect how you view yourself afterwards, how you view intimacy afterwards, your trust. If you're told that that person's going to stay with you no matter what, and then you come out and they leave, that's terrifying. And I wanted to just touch on it a little bit because I wanted to get that conversation just out because I do want to talk about where I'm at now and how happy I am and relationship joy, et cetera. But I wanted to address that and the fact that that person deserves nothing but the best, is still an absolutely kind human and only deserves to be lifted up in our community. And especially with mutuals and connections, I hope they do absolutely amazing things and what their goals are. And now we'll move on because we addressed it. I don't feel like we should talk about it more than it needs to be talked about. So after the breakup, I guess we're in like July and August of 2021. Yeah. And what even are the years, friends? Oh my goodness. And I'm alone and I'm working and I self-sabotage <laughs> and about a month or two, yeah, not even a month or two after the breakup, I decide that I just need to move forward and embrace the body that I've been given on testosterone and that I'm going to basically self-sabotage, which is where dating as a trans mask person comes into play in the state of Florida. It's a scary time. And I decided that I would get all the different types of dating apps and just kind of embrace where I'm at, you know? And I can't tell you the amount of times I sobbed, which is a lot considering I was on, you know, month three of testosterone. It was hard to cry. And I cried a lot because the amount of fetishizing or infantizing of trans people that occurs is insane. And I had heard about it and I had talked to people about it, but I had never experienced it until that moment of constantly being called tiny or little or, oh, you're so cute. Um, and I was never described in a masculine way on dating apps or complimented by other people. And that was something that was really difficult, especially because I wasn't queer enough, but I wasn't straight presenting enough. And I was just in this weird middle or I would meet someone on an app and absolutely love talking to them. And then I'd, you know, say my, they'd ask something and it would out me or I just, it was always awkward. And in this time period, I realized how badly I just wanted to be with someone because I couldn't come to terms with the person that I was because I didn't like the person that I was becoming, which was terrifying because I was out and publicly transitioning and I wanted everyone to think I loved who I was because like I already got testosterone, you know, the happiest life I've ever going to live. And I'm secretly like miserable because I was trying to appease to other people instead of appeasing to myself. And I mean, in that time, it was a lot of trying to go about, okay, what's next? What do I do from here? The 
stress level of not knowing how to love myself in the way that I wanted to versus the way that society as a trans guy was telling me to. Um, it was a lot. And from there, I kind of was like, so now what? For for 23 years, I was scared to come out and go about telling people and accepting myself and changing the name. And I just so badly wanted for once some, for life to be easy. And I assumed that as a trans person, it would just get easier. On um, plot twist, it didn't. It got easier in some ways in the in the fact that I was living in a body I felt comfortable with to experience the pain and the emotions I was dealing with. But those those issues and that pain never went away. And the more I looked in the mirror, I more started to realize that my body was changing in ways that I wanted, but I still had things on my body that I didn't want. And that made everything more difficult to come to terms with because for so long I was like, I'm terrified of this, this, and this as symptoms of testosterone. And then they started to happen. I started to love them. And I had to realize that my own internalized fears about appearing different than what society, you know, expected from me as a female presenting person. It just, it was so much going through my brain all at the same time. And it's still a lot that keeps going through my brain every single day. But what I learned is that the minute I stopped caring about society's view of me was when it got better. When I had to remind myself that gender is a construct, that I am valid no matter what, that's when it got easier. In the way of having the confidence to walk into a room and understand that not everyone would see me the way that I wanted to be seen. But as long as I saw myself in the way I wanted to be seen, I would be capable of explaining to other people how I wanted to be presenting. And that was the hardest part, was understanding that I was going to make people uncomfortable by living and taking up space. But then having to remind myself that cisgendered people feel uncomfortable walking into a room and taking up space too, and that I could view it as an a gender thing or I could view it as a personality people thing. And I just made that decision that, okay, that's that. And I think I'm having, I get a lot of questions of how did I know or like how and when did you find out? And that's, I mean, some people probably have a specific time, but like I just didn't have the language of I no one told me no one tells you like when things are abnormal right I'm gonna bring this story up because it's funny and it'll change the tone of pace a little bit but no one tells you like when things aren't normal so recently I was out drinking with a friend and I was you know sipping the sip of alcohol and I looked over at my friend Maddie and I was like isn't it funny like after you drink how you get like the tingling in your gums and Maddie was like Finn, what are you talking about? And I was like, you know, like the tingling that like happens on your gums. And she was like, no. I was like, doesn't your tongue like swell up a little bit? Like, you know, like your lips get tingly, your gums. And she was like, no, absolutely not. And I was like, oh, plot twist, I'm allergic to alcohol, right? But no one told me that it wasn't normal because it's not something that's talked about. So it's kind of like, 
no one told me that when you're four years old and only want to be Peter Pan, it's not because you really like Peter Pan. It was because I wanted to look like Peter Pan and present like Peter Pan. No one told me that when you throw up in your mouth every day, it's acid reflux and that's a problem. No one told me that they weren't doing it and it wasn't normal. I just assumed in high school that that was the normal thing that people did. So it's kind of like that aha moment that until someone tells you that something isn't normal, you assume that's the normal, right? And so for me, it happened while on TikTok throughout quarantine because I was watching all these videos of like, you know, you're trans when, and all the things applied to me. And although they were stereotypes, it was giving me this language and confidence and comfort level of like, oh, not everyone is experiencing those things. So what do you mean? Um, a big one was like, no one tells you yada, yada, yada. And I was like, oh, in that moment I knew that I had known my entire life, but I just wasn't given the language to even unpack that part of me because I was also a perfectionist that kept putting myself in situations where I deeply wanted to oppress myself because I was a perfectionist and I had the life that I thought I was supposed to have and I wasn't going to throw that away because of self-discovery questions. That wasn't something that I grew up doing, that I was taught I could do. And I kind of just went about it as, okay, well, keep getting good grades, keep being in your sorority, keep dating men and you'll find the right one, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, because that was the language that I had. And that's what I did. And all I wish I could tell younger Finn is that dive deeper into uncomfortable situations. Because I can only imagine if I if I talked to people, if I had deeper conversations with different types of people that didn't just look like me and talk like me in my teens and 20s, even though I'm only 24, but I can only imagine where I would be at. And so the big thing I just want to stress, I guess, is to dive into the uncomfortable because I was terrified of being uncomfortable and my anxiety prevented me from doing anything or having any conversations with people that didn't talk and look like me for a really long time that I didn't know how to go about it. I've had a lot of people be like, we want life updates, yada, yada, yada. And like, I know I'm sharing a little bit of where life has gone, but I will say that there are things that get to be mine. <laughs> and so I I think a big one of like things that I'm really happy about that I am now cautious is that yes, I am in a partnership and I'm so happy to be with them and absolutely adore them and they're wonderful. And I know I've gotten quite a lot of questions about them, et cetera. And all I will say is that they're great, <laughs> that they get posted about here and there, but that I don't ever want them to feel pressured in a situation where they think if they were to, you know, that I want them to feel like their own person. I want them to have their own identity, make their own choices of what they get to post and what they get to talk about on social media and how present they are in being involved with me. And that is their say. And as they don't have a social media platform like I do, I'm pretty cautious of that now and well aware. But someone did ask our first date story. And so that's just kind of like, in summary, our first date was three days long. Um, I was on my Instagram 
And the same person had like commented twice on my photos. And I was like, that's a good looking person, whatever. Like they seem really kind and they were complimenting and messaging. And I was like, okay, whatever. So I messaged them and later find out that they were following me to get educated on the trans community, which is really wild to think about. And talked for a good month, decided I was going to get on a plane and go see them. And we spent three days together and that's that. And it been together ever since. Um, but I don't want to dive too much, but I also want to address it because I know if I don't address it, people are going to keep asking about it, but they're absolutely great. We're a big fan of them, but out of respect to them and knowing they don't have a big social media presence, I don't want to overshare unless they want to share their side of the story. So yeah. What it comes down to is that I'm in a season of a lot of change and the reason I started coming back and wanting to start this up again is like the level of accountability of checking in on y'all while also checking in with myself. This is a good like weekly thing of like, how are we doing? How are we feeling? Where are we at? And I'm excited for the unknown of where life's going and also sharing stories with y'all. I think you know, I wish I could dive in deeper to where I was the past couple months since I, you know, stopped. But the truth is, I don't even know. <laughs> it was a blur. And my head has been all over the place. But I'm at a spot where I have a great support system and I have a great person. And I am happy to see myself grow and hear my voice in a way that I can tolerate. A big part of stopping the podcast, too, was my voice changing and not liking how I sounded when I spoke. And when I was working a role where I was having people every day misgender me, it was really hard to sit down on a microphone and have to re-listen to myself recording and then edit it because I was just like, I can't handle that. Granted, who are we kidding? Do I actually really edit this podcast now? But I couldn't even fathom sitting and having to play back my voice at all because I just didn't like how I sounded. And that's still something I'm learning and growing on. And I think it's going to be really funny too, to hear the amount of people there be like, Oh my God, your voice changed so much because it's been such a long time. And I haven't even heard my voice on this form of media either, but all in all, that's kind of where, where I was and where I'm going. And the only other things I really want to talk about are just people's questions on, you know, getting over rejection of coming out or talking about being trans-identifying. And the biggest thing I kind of want to talk about is that not everyone's story is different. I know we talked about self-comparison a little bit already, but I have a lot of a lot of messages of people asking like, how did you do this? How did you do this? How did you do this? And I think it's important that I get to share my story and share how I started testosterone, how I got my letter for top surgery, et cetera, et cetera. But like what it comes down to is like, I don't want people to feel as though what I'm doing is the story for everyone or what they should be doing. And as someone that's king of self-comparison, it's hard for me to share my story because I know other people are going to compare themselves to me. And I never thought anyone would ever compare themselves to me. 
I just want to address that you are such a worthy person. And if I can provide any comfort, it's that I'm your big sibling and I'm in your corner, but also that everyone's journey is different. It has been seven months since I started testosterone. My voice sounds like this. I have um, facial hair. My eyebrows have grown out completely. My weight distribution's bigger. Um, Veins all over my arms. Vocal drop. Um, Weight distribution in my face has changed. Like my nose cartilage changed along with some of my jaw um, appearing more masculine, I guess is the best way to describe it. Uh, Like hair all over. Uh, Abs because I work out and etc. And I think my body just has been more aware, like more in tune to the working out and the protein I'm eating and burning calories different. But just because those things have happened for me doesn't mean they're going to happen for everyone. Because as someone that started tea, I was so determined that my voice was going to drop in four months because I saw people's four month voice updates and my voice was not there. And I want to share that everyone's journey is going to be different. And it doesn't have to be linear. It's going to have ups and downs. And that's okay. I also I, I also just get asked the confidence question a lot. Like, where did you get your sense of style? How did you get so confident? And I giggle because I, I don't think of myself as a confident person. I think it's all about attitude, right? And I, I stopped caring about other people's opinions a long time ago. And words hurt. When I hear guests misgender me or people misgender me, like it hurts, but it's not, what they say does not define me as a person. Once I started to accept that, life got a lot easier, like a lot easier. I started to recognize that um, no matter what I do, someone's going to have an opinion about me. So I might as well live the life that I want to live and just take up space. That's kind of where the confidence comes from. The style comes from the fact I just grab clothes in my closet and put them on. There's no rhyme or reason. I've also learned the louder things clash, the more people enjoy it. Terrible advice. Um, Spoken from a true teenage boy. But it's all a mentality when it comes to confidence. It's all about how you present yourself. I will say that working out every day has for sure helped a lot because my muscles are different. So my sense of posture and wearing my binder has helped a lot in standing up straight. I think that's something that people see and they're like, ah, he's confident. But all in all, it's nothing crazy or special that makes me different compared to other people. It's all about how you present yourself. And I've just decided to care about myself because it's all I can do. My opinion matters over other people's. So Might as well embrace the body that I have finally, you know, felt comfortable in after such a long period of time. And then I guess, you know, the only other life update to really give is the fact that I have tattoos all over my body now. Um, I got quite a lot of tattoos out after quarantine. I know now, goodness knows where the life world is right now, but, um... I have gone a lot. I could dive into them a little bit just because they kind of tell a story of where I'm at. So when I first got my first tattoo, it was, I was 18 years old. I was a freshman in college and I decided that had to be something very meaningful. And I had battled depression and anxiety quite a bit. 
and I decided that my first tattoo was going to be a Bible verse. Listen, I've lived a life. And I decided that I wanted it to be in handwriting and that my family was kind of anti-tattoo, but my mom had beautiful handwriting. So I kind of swayed her into writing it on a card. And from there, I got my mom's handwriting tattooed in my inner arm as a reminder to be still and know that I'm Christ and I am with you, but also just a reminder to be still in the calmness and craziness of a storm if that made any sense. And that's where we went. Um, be still is tattooed on my arm. And I got that as like a, uh, let go of the control that you want so badly in your life. It was kind of a reminder that I can only control so much, but I can't control what I put on my body. From there, after a lot of things that happened my sophomore year of college, I decided to get a tattoo for purity and healing to reclaim my body after being a victim of an essay. And I wanted a lavender sprig because that signifies purity and healing. And I got that on my ribcage as a place that only I could see unless I let other people see it. Ironically, now after I'm going to be getting top surgery, I can't wait till everyone can see my chest tattoo, but it's fine. So I got those two tattoos as, you know, before Finn and I want them to be deeply meaningful. And after I came out, I realized how much I loved tattoos that bring like a childlike joy about them, about a like, let's let go of control. So really what happened is I really wanted Peter Pan stars on my hand. And I also wanted a dinosaur tattoo. So I went to the tattoo shop after summer quarantine. It was 2020 in June. No, it was right before I moved down here. So I think like May, maybe March, no, April. I don't know. It was cold in Chicago still. So probably April, April of 2020. I got three tattoos at the same time, right? I got my Peter Pan stars. I got my dinosaur and I also got a smiley face on my leg. And the reason being is I talked to my tattoo artist in the chair of like how I wanted to start getting like smaller, like Tattoos that bring joy, but are kind of like childlike, like something that's just kind of like, why'd you get that? Okay. And so my tattoo artist asked me if he wanted, if I wanted a smiley face, he'd do it for free and where I wanted it. So he hand drew a cute little smiley face and tattooed it on my leg. No stencil, nothing. Um, and we went from there. And from that moment, I realized that my favorite tattoo was the tiny little smiley face on my leg because... It brought a childlike joy instead of having to overthink, you know, perfect placement, et cetera, this deep meaning, all this pressure to like put something on my body that made me smile. Like, why not? And so from there, the tattoos kept coming. I started embracing, you know, the childlike joy about them. So I went to my tattoo artist and he did a butterfly on my arm and he did, I think I think too much. <laughs> and I absolutely loved those tattoos. I was really excited about them. And I then decided to get a cat with a party hat. And from there, just this week, I got the little prince drawing of an elephant that has been swallowed by a snake. And if you haven't read The Little Prince, it is a tiny little petite novel that was written in French that was then translated into multiple languages. And I highly encourage any adult to read it. It has quite a lot of meaningful, very sweet, calming metaphors uh, and, you know, navigates childlike joy very well. 
and growing up very well and coming to terms with the world that we live in very well. And I wanted childlike joy representation on my body. So I chose that. And then I wanted something to embrace the past life I have lived and continue to live, which is where I decided I wanted to get something related to my family, my roots. And we don't have a you know, family crest or anything like that. So I was like, okay, what am I going to get? Well, a core, core memory as a child is going on Florida vacations as I used to live in the Midwest. And uh, we would always run on the beach And when the movie Life Aquatic came out when I was seven years old by Wes Anderson, I fell in love with the entire film. My family fell in love with the entire film. And we watched it every single year, multiple times. I can quote the entire movie. But it has such a special place in my heart. And when I think of Life Aquatic, I think of my family. I think of them buying matching Speedos that I so badly wanted in on with all the other boys in my family. And running on the beach and getting in that deep search submarine and trying to find a jaguar shark. And I got the jaguar shark and the deep search tattooed on my body to remind myself of family, but also the drawing of it was kind of childlike and brings a lot of joy. And so that's kind of where the tattoos have came into play, where I now have 10 and I can't wait to cover my arm with childlike joy consistently of this concept of feeding my inner child of realizing that I deprived myself of a lot as a kid because I was a repressing, not just wanting to be, you know, put together, but repressing a whole part of myself when it comes to gender and wanting so badly to be treated like my little brother and not, which is not anything to neglect my little brother. It's just the truth. I wanted to be like my little brother. Um, I look up to him a lot as I get older. And so I got the tattoos as a reminder that it's going to be all right. And I have to feed that inner child that I deprived, you know, I deprived myself of a lot growing up and I now get to, as an adult, look back and remind myself of, you know, the things that brought me a lot of joy and the things that maybe I haven't addressed that I need to address. And one of them is not being so attached to my body to the point that it has control over my actions, right? Like I ran a half marathon, okay? Before coming out or anything like that, I would never done that. And not because I couldn't, because I was such a control freak. I needed to be the best version of myself in order to run it. And I never think I would view myself as the best where I finally, you know, fed my inner child of like, you used to love running. That was your favorite thing as a kid. Why don't you just run to have fun? It doesn't have to be fast. It doesn't have to be slow. It does just run to run. Foot races. Amazing. We all love a good foot race. And now I run. So it's a lot about you know, the older I get, the more I focus on feeding my inner kid, taking care of myself in ways that I never used to, but ways that I really wanted to and needed to as a child. And that's where we're at. I think that's where we stop. I think that's where the chapter ends for right now. I hope that this was a one-sided FaceTime call that brought you maybe a little bit of comfort. I hope you all are doing all right. You don't have to be great, but know that I will be back. Know that I am happy to be here and present with y'all and thankful if you tuned in. If you like this, please leave a review, I guess. If you don't, whatever, leave a review too. That's just a podcast. It's a space for me to talk. Um, Not everyone's going to love it. Not everyone's going to hate it. It's fine. But 
Thank you for being here. Thank you for supporting me. The fact that top surgery is a month away and I am closer and closer to my goal because of all of y'all. It's been absolutely wonderful and something that I can't thank y'all enough for. So without further ado, my name's Finn. I use he, him pronouns. You've been listening to this composed mess and hopefully I'll see you next week. Bye.